Welcome everyone to Polk and Kush. We are coming to you live on tape from UNO Lakefront Arena. That's right, everyone. It is for you Friday, <laughs> January 6th. And this is Polk and Kush. I'm Scott Kushner alongside my buddy. Andrew Polk. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> Hello, everybody. That was a long introduction, but uh, I felt like I needed to make it. Yeah, you got to get it out of your system. This is It's insane that it's Friday. I think because I didn't go to work until Tuesday, Yeah, it still feels like Wednesday to me. Also, yeah. I haven't been doing anything. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Everyone talks about the last week of the year being the week that no one does anything, yeah. but really, sneakily, it's the first week of the year. Sneakily, no it's the first two months of the year, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Time is a flat circle. I'm You're happy not going to get be... fired. Doesn't matter. No, I no. run the place. I run the banana stand. <laughs> you and everyone else. No one gets fired anymore. <laughs> uh, We're in a guest studio today. We are. We're in the offices of uh, legendary coach Mark Schlesinger right now. Kind enough to give us his office space before the privateers tip off against Lamar, the uh, privateers' first home conference game of the season. Very exciting night. Polk and Kush Roadshow uh, as, as we make it here in front of uh, no one in Sless's office. This is a, uh, a very nice thing of him to do. For we're us. in front of the accolades, though. Yes. yes. There's we're, we're looking at the bracket of the 2017 Southland Tournament. Who could forget? <laughs> yeah. Stephen F. Austin, those dopes. <laughs> Texas a Corpus Christi. Close. Not exactly. And then we've got Lamar on there who UNO is playing tonight. Yeah. And they're going to beat them. We're going to beat the shit out of them. <laughs> They're going to wish they were never born. Let's make a definitive statement about who's <laughs> defeating Lamar tonight. What is this behind me? We've got Kool-Aid, some juice. Is that two bottles of mustard? What's going on, Sless? It's a big hot dog place right here. It's a big hot dog spot. Well, we came here last season That's and right. had a blast. We yes. got the VIP treatment. We're on the floor. We're on the floor again tonight, of right? Of course, yes. Oh, my God. We live on the floor. I'm going to put on the mascot suit. <laughs> That's right. We'll both be pirates by the end of the night. Um, yeah, it is uh, wonderful to be here. Anybody who hasn't come out, the privateers also play on Saturday. Uh, so, you know, please come out uh, and support UNO. They are good friends of the show. Uh, we do, you know, support those who support Polk and Kush. So come on out to UNO. Yeah, tickets are available. They're affordable. It's a fun night out with the fam. Yeah, they're playing HCU. If I gave you a hundred guesses, could you tell me what HCU stands for? Houston Christian. That was pretty good. There, there you go. go. Was it pretty good or was it correct? It was correct. Okay. It was very correct. They actually were HBU last year, so I was very confused when uh, I got the schedule. Baptist. I was, like, I was like, what the hell's an HCU? I guess they figured there were not enough Baptists anymore. They needed to widen the net yeah. to all Christians. <laughs> <laughs> the Baptists are not procreating at the levels that they were uh, expecting. Yeah, I think that's probably what happened. <laughs> They had to change their mascot <laughs> from the no Disney's to the no dancings. Yeah. So, of course, on the week that Zion gets hurt and Tulane wins the Cotton Bowl, we'll spend the first 10 minutes talking about <laughs> UNO basketball. Uh, no, I mean, I think we should kind of get right into it this week, uh, if only because uh, it's all I've done for the last three days is just watch Tulane coverage. Yeah, you went to Arlington. You went to the game. You were in the Polk and Kush suite. Uh -huh. My ticket got lost in the mail, but you <laughs> went in our place. That's right. That's right. My uh, my brother got tickets. We went to the game, and it was spectacular. It was 
I don't know if it's the most fun I've ever had at a football game. You know, when it was up there, uh, it's hard to say what's the best and what's second best or whatever as you rank them, but it's definitely one I won't forget anytime soon. Tulane came back down 15 points in the final four and a half minutes. It's the second time in 1,700 FBS games that has happened. Wow. So it was unlikely to begin with for Tulane to win that game. To do it in that fashion was just completely unforgettable. Uh, as much fun as I've ever had. And I don't know where the hell all these people came from. There were so many Tulane fans. <laughs> it was crazy. Well, I, I watched this game from the start. Like Some people were switching back and forth between LSU. I didn't really care about LSU sure. too much. I was like, we're going to see Kush on TV. <laughs> He's going to run off. on the yeah. field. And then they just kept showing really hot chicks. Dude, the, the girls at Tulane <laughs> were everywhere. I don't know. They were everywhere. I don't know if you've watched the broadcast. I haven't. It's ridiculous. <laughs> there was quite a, 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 a horned up uh, producers that we were trying to do. I mean, there were horned up viewers at least. Yeah, I know one of them. Uh, <laughs> what an exciting game. I didn't see you. I only saw the young and the beautiful. Yeah, they, I don't think they need to show the old folks on, uh, on my side of things. But dude, people were fired up. Uh, it was like everyone was there early. Everyone was partying. Everyone was having fun. And then no one it was very different from, like, as I've been to a lot of big Tennessee games. I've been to a lot of big Saints games, obviously. Uh, people get pissed off when things are going wrong. They get mad. You hear all sorts of, you know, cursing, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But frustration, people yelling at the coach. None of that. I didn't hear one person be upset the entire time. They were losing. It's like, ah, dang, you know. Like, nobody was really mad about right. the fact that they might lose. I think everyone was just happy to be there. And then as the comeback started happening, it was so surreal and it happened so quickly that people just went crazy and people were jumping. Oh, I mean, older men just jumping up and down uh, and, and going wild. And it really was uh, as lit of like a scene. And for that to be at Tulane, where I went to the opening game, I went to, I think, every all but one home game this year. The first three or four of them, there was not more than like 1500 people at the game. And this was a ton of Tulane fans at the Cotton Bowl. I don't know where the hell they came from. All over the country. You, you know how many Tulane football games I've been to in the last 15 years? All of them? I think that's more <laughs> than like 90% of them combined. Yeah. It was crazy. I didn't know where the hell these people came from. They all had new gear on. They were doing all sorts of stuff. I was like, "What? where did these people? And I was like, oh, because they don't live in New Orleans. They flew yeah. to Dallas, and they got off the plane, and they went to the, the AT&T Stadium, and they had a great time. What is tuition? $40,000 uh, no, a semester? Be, uh, yeah, maybe a semester. These people can fly wherever they want to. And they're not flying on the airline I fly on. No, they're not on Spirit. They're not on Spirit. I was walking through the airport after the game because I flew in and flew out the same day. And literally, the flight to Philadelphia was all Tulane fans. The flight to LaGuardia was all Tulane Tulane fans. Even the flight to Los Angeles was like half Tulane oh, fans. Yeah. That, they played USC in the game. So these uh, these people came from all over the place. Somebody did cocaine next to me in the bathroom after the game. Whoa! It was quite a scene. But people were getting after it. Man, I had to do it at home. <laughs> I was like, "What's going on? Where are we? This is Greenway football. Is usually where I, you know, I have to, uh, you know, in the bathroom is usually where you take your kids to go pee. Yeah, normally <laughs> it's not somewhere where people are partying so hard they're doing bumps. Was, this is wild. You were in Arlington. You're yeah, in Jerry's that is world. true. Yes, there's a lot of uh, a lot of jeans and cowboy boots and people going crazy. And I, hey, I get it. This is it was it was one of those like if you ever liked 
if you had any affinity for Tulane ever, this was the game to go to. Yeah, it seemed to be. And it seemed like everybody in New Orleans was watching or rooting in some way. Mm. People that are normally LSU fans, people that are normally not football fans, people that are normally Saints fans were able to hop on board. And I think Tulane was welcoming. I'm definitely one that hopped on board. Sure. You know, we endured some Tulane football since the start of this podcast. Yeah. And it was just, it's to me, it's a personal victory for New Orleans to defeat Los Angeles (laughs) because it (laughs) defeated me. It was the Polk Bowl. That's definitely what it was. <laughs> Revenge for Polk. That's what they were yelling in the huddle. Uh, a great scene, like three rows in front of me. There was one of one of the drunkest people I've ever seen, who apparently my brother knew from Houston, which was even better. He Your brother uh, knows everybody. He knows everybody. Uh, we had to drink with Lee Trevino, the golfer, before the, the yeah. I don't. I don't know what he going drinks. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. He's like a he's like a very conservative guy. He he, he was upset. He might not. Have been drinking i was definitely drinking okay yeah <laughs> don't ask him about happy gilmore he oh, uh, really? I'm, fa- I'm so glad i didn't know it was he he uh has publicly stated that he regrets being in happy gilmore wow. because he did not know it would be so crude wow. specifically foul language this wow. is true yeah, well, I'm He's a very conservative Christian. I'm very glad that I didn't know it was him when I was talking to him. Because i that's the first <laughs> thing I would have brought up. was, hey, cross your arms and shake your head, man. Um, <laughs> no, super. I mean, he was very nice to me. He was, it was very... It was, Everyone Your was brother nice. knew Lee Trevino? Knew a family member. It was a whole thing. It was. It, you you know, guys are hanging out a, with Goldman and Sachs? <laughs> There's a whole connection of things going on. It was great. Wow. Everybody was very kind. But anyway, so we had like probably the most anal retentive usher I've ever been around in my life. Uh, he was like walking down the steps and, and yelling at people who were like sitting on the chair as it was up, you know, or if anyone tried to climb over seats. So, you know, chairs fold naturally yeah. up, and some people just like will sit on the top of them Sometimes, for periods yeah. of, you know, seconds. And he would like if come your over knees and hurt, yell. that's a good move. Yeah, he would like come over and yell at people, whatever. And so this guy, who's the drunkest person I've ever seen, just sits in the middle of the aisle. <laughs> And, it's, and the guy comes over. He's like, you can't sit there. You're blocking the aisle. And he's like, no, man. Everybody here loves me. And he's high-fiving people as they walk by. And he's like, I'm going to call the police on you. And he's doing like faking like he's in a race car. So anyway, somehow this guy doesn't get kicked out of the stadium. He comes back. And before, in between every single play of the comeback, he has like 20 guys put their hands in like a Little League team before they take the court for a basketball game. It's like, let's go team in the middle of it. He did it. He did it no less than 10 times. And I cracked up every single time. And then, of course, they came back and won. And it was like nobody knew what to do. Everyone was going crazy. And then there was like a whole bunch of bars across the street. Everyone went while they were playing the Tulane fight song. I was like, they've never played the Tulane fight song in a bar at the boot, yeah. which is on campus. And everyone goes to school there. I was like, they ever played it at Pat O's. Like, this is uh, truly a, a heady heady time and it was a lot of fun and and, you know this that's besides all the stuff on the field just a remarkable season a remarkable turnaround and i think everyone from here from the lakefront all the way to uptown and everywhere in between in the city like i think you have to appreciate it in some way it was a lot of fun and uh tulane is a very new orleans specific team they have a fun wacky mascot Mm -hmm. they have a lot of history from almost literally a hundred years ago now And the media elite go there primarily. (laughs) There's like a seedy underbelly to it that actually controls the world. But they have a cool mascot. It was. I know. So it was like, what's the difference between like seeing Tennessee in a game like that 
or Tulane, I'm like, well, no one was wearing anything from Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> there was not a big, uh, ugly jersey that said, like, Green Wave and off font. And, you yeah, know, like, nobody had a fake jersey that was 69 on it. <laughs> Or, or one of those beer dispensing plastic helmets. <laughs> it was, you know, I mean, people were going wild. They were, some guy jumped in a fountain. I saw, and like it was, yeah. it was not like it was a tame group, but they were all pretty well dressed. They that all looked guy like they drove nicer, nicer cars than me. I'm sure they do. <laughs> they weren't even doing cocaine next to you. They were doing the limitless pill. <laughs> you know, I'll be able to experience that one day when Louisiana Tech returns to the Independence Bowl. <laughs> That's their home. <laughs> That's where the heartbeat rests. But hey, could you imagine if like Louisiana Tech was in that game? Like there had been fifty, like there had been fifty thousand people from Louisiana Tech would just come out of the woodwork. You know? Oh yeah. So it's like just one of those things. that's so crazy the way it happened that Tulane happened to be in this position. And I don't know if they ever will be again. I mean, it, the the amount of things that had to line up perfectly, and the fact it came on the heels of a two and ten season. Uh, it's it's just truly inexplicable, unpredictable, and remarkable. And I uh, I, I just you know credit Willie Fritz, credit Troy Dannon, credit credit everybody that you can because those guys played their ass off all season and they got themselves in position and somehow they found a way to win it, which makes it you know even more of just like the uh, insane storybook finish. Just a really good story. Yeah. And if you watched any Tulane throughout the season, you you could see how quickly their offense could get going. So the first two drives where Caleb Williams scored, I believe two touchdowns on yeah. two drives, I was like maybe they are outmatched, yeah. you know? Some of these teams Cincinnati, UCF, maybe mm-hmm. these teams are just not in that pantheon. Flip channels. But then if you'd watched any of the games that happened during the season, you're like, this is a, uh, this can be an electric team. And they showed up and showed out, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And the media covered it as such. I don't think anybody would complain about the two-lane coverage. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, RG3 was kind of like, I can't believe these guys haven't just <laughs> laid down and taken it. He was so blown away. <laughs> The Tulane showed up, had a football team. Yeah. Anyone on the team knew what was going on. Yeah. But then when they won, it, it seemed like there was a lot of coverage. And, you know, it was just very positive for the city. Yeah, I've been addicted to it for the last four days, uh, just looking at every fan angle video from YouTube and whatever. And, you know, the only downside of the entire experience is I have to give a nice hearty fuck you to the ref who called it incomplete on the field he's three inches from the play he's staring right at it and he emphatically waves it incomplete and it's like dude you took away the moment like that moment yeah should have been like uh you show the play every crowd goes crazy everyone sees it everyone like instead it was a replay review which it was still amazing in the moment or ever but it's like how did you miss that being you were staring at the ball from two and a half feet. Like, you, you, you were that, and, and so emphatically saying it was incomplete to the point where I was like, ah, well, I guess that sucks. And then it took one replay on the screen for everyone to go crazy because yeah. they could see immediately that it had never hit the ground. So um, I, I really, I ran out of words to say. I ran out of, like, superlatives. And then I, I ran into, like, uh, 200 different people that I knew just – from when I used to cover them to just various people who went to Tulane, who used to live in town, everybody, um, all these old fans that I knew, and everybody was just so beside themselves happy. And that's just something you don't see often in sports. I feel like we use sports a lot to just bitch about things. Mm-hmm. This podcast is Exhibit 1A <laughs> of you know using this podcast to bitch about things. 
And uh, this was the exact opposite. It was like the, the purest possible moment of, of what sports can do for a community. I got nothing else. Well, that sounds very, very <laughs> fun and heartwarming. I'm glad you got to see all those people. And they said the podcast is uh, fantastic, yeah, incredible, a amazing. Lot of listeners. Wow. I know. I guess we got to talk about Tulane more. I guess so. I don't know. Maybe you'll have to come to some games with me next year. I think I can do that. Yeah. I know Anthony Jeselnik, so <laughs> I have an alumni. That's your connect. Yeah. I'm sure he was tuned in. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into the guy who's the president of the Dodgers who went to Tulane. I was like, how many football games? How many Tulane football games have that guy's watched in the last 25 years? Yeah, he's got to watch the Dodgers the every night. I, know. I was like, this is probably the first, right? Like, oh, yeah. Like, these guys aren't wasting their time watching the, you know, um, so I thought that was very uh, – it was just weird to see how many people came out of the woodwork, and, and that's awesome. And it, remi- it did remind me a lot, the way of like the, the way things built and the way they turned and everything happening so quickly did remind me a lot of the Pelicans, uh, quite honestly, and, and the way that things were stirred up last year in such a hurry. You know, like all of a sudden, the Pelicans went from being completely worthless to being this, like, you know, just shooting star of fun and – that is exactly what it reminded me of for this two-lane season. And I think the Pelicans have kept that to a good degree. And you're starting to see finally a little bit of plateau where it's like, oh, God, are they going to be able to keep this together? When they have the Zion injury news comes out, he's out at least three weeks. They're going to actually doing imaging in three more weeks on a hamstring, I believe. Uh, and now Brandon Ingram's out, too. And it's like, how long can they keep this together? Finally, starting to feel like some of the optimism might be starting to fade just a smidge. It kind of feels like one of those like marquee signs at McDonald's where they replace, it says like, we'll be just fine without blank. <laughs> and we're just replacing whoever's in blank. And it was for the last seven weeks, uh-huh. we'll be just fine without Brandon Ingram. And now sure. it's, we'll be just fine without Zion. Yeah. It sucks. It's it sucks because your your first game back is against the worst team in the NBA, Houston. Uh-huh. So there's no measuring stick, and no. it's just it's just it deflates the sales of what this team is doing to some degree. Mm-hmm. If they keep winning, no, it doesn't. I'm stupid. I recant, and I'll apologize on air. Yeah. However, <laughs> this is a this is a team we would like to see play as a team at some point. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the I think that's the hardest part is the concepts like okay, we know Brandon Ingram's probably going to be back relatively soon, and then on top of it, you've got just a impossible amount of like uncertainty about who this team really is. And we just like we're never going to see it. It feels there's a lot of Pelicans teams in the past that if you were to put these this string of injuries on them, they would have folded like a cheap suit and they would have been over like yeah it would have been dead in the water this team is not doing that they continue to win they continue to, to lean on different guys and find different dudes and i think they're 17 and 4 now at home this season um it is a crazy um, like ability of this team to be resilient but at some point it just becomes like god how much more crap can you just not see you know? Yeah, I mean, the resiliency we can talk about, that's a credit to Willie Green. Yeah. You've got guys like Jackson Hayes playing better, Devontae Graham's playing a little bit better. Guys just know their role, and there's better chemistry with the team. So they're going to play better because they have a better coach. They have a better coaching staff in place, and they're a little used to winning right now. Sure. That's not 
that's not sustainable for any kind of championship run. That's not sustainable for any kind of playoff run. No. You don't want the C squad out. You don't want the hero squad. These guys are heroes. They're working class heroes. <laughs> They're blue collar yeah. Reagan. Free <laughs> Nance out there against Joel and B. No, no. <clears throat> or against Giannis or whoever, you know, if you had to get to the playoffs and, and you know, you're facing Luca, it's like you need a full squad to yeah. beat that guy. Uh, there, The full squad wins. Yes, and you they would, win in the playoffs. The you know the the Raptors were the full squad and mm-hmm. they won. The full squad wins. You would think that the full squad here is capable of mm. doing a lot. The problem is that we still will never know. I don't think we'll ever quite know what they look like over the course of a long period of time. So you're going to have to sort of guess when you're trying to build the pieces around them because you don't know what necessarily is needed to optimize this group. That's frustrating. Mm-hmm. I think from you know. A, uh, a long-term perspective the short-term perspective is just like i think this team could easily be the number one seed in the west if they were healthy and they were pl- like there no team in the west is either a taking the regular season that seriously or b all that good and so like denver you think that's the team that's gonna you know memphis like none of these teams are like incredible or like they're not the celtics you know they're yeah. not the bucks like the west is pretty soft at the top uh, and there was a chance that they could be like the one seed, which is such a huge advantage going into the playoffs. I don't think they can do that now if Zion's going to miss a month or more. Yeah, there's not much of a skill difference between Western Conference top teams, and the teams that have been successful against the Pelicans have really just known how to play well against Zion for yeah. the most part. You know, Utah and Memphis, that's kind of a... People say they've got the Pelicans' number. I think it's kind of just luck and circumstance for the most part. Yeah. The Pelicans are a number one seed. I think currently they're the number one seed in the West. Yeah, I guess they won, so they haven't dropped off. Yeah. But how long can they possibly do it without Zion? The schedule coming up uh, for the three weeks that Zion is going to be gone, and he's going to be gone longer than three weeks. Yeah. They're just reevaluating him in three weeks. Yeah. You know, it's Celtics, it's Nets, it's the Heat twice, a lot of Eastern Conference opponents. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Other than Houston, the worst team in the NBA, every team in the NBA is still professional, and they can still beat the shit out of you mm-hmm. if you've got Garrett Temple starting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that that is a very valid point, and and really, what you need, what the Pelicans need to do over the next month ish, is sort of hang on, like beat the bad teams on the schedule, win at home, and do enough to win. You know, hopefully, fifty percent of your games allow you to maintain, you know, a top three, four spot in the West, and then maybe down the stretch run try to gain some ground. But at this point. It feels inevitable that somebody else is going to go down. Like it, it, you're just never going to see this whole group kind of play together. And so it's nice they have that kind of depth. It's nice they show up to play and play hard basically every night. But man, it's just like it's just a bummer. Yeah. Like losing Zion was playing so well, and 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 then you know you know exactly what's coming when he comes back, right? What's the first thing that's going to be said when the first time he puts on a uniform when he comes back? Is he fat? In shape? Yeah. Does it? What does he look like? Oh, was he able to work out during the thing? How's he? Do, has his? Has his conditioning? As it's like, we're gonna have to go through all of this shit all over again. Yep. And that to me is just uh, intensely frustrating to know that cycle is about to start again. It's gonna start again, but if the Pelicans are winning, it won't matter. That's a valid point. 
if Brandon Ingram comes back, Brandon the Brandon Ingram timetable is it's gotta be right. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying like you know it's it's almost the end. We have no fucking idea, <laughs> but but it does feel like it has to be coming up. No evidence of that. But we're just keep thinking. Toe. Well, it's got every episode we've done for six weeks. You could probably hear us go like, "Well, he'll be back soon." <laughs> Toe contused. Yeah, not a broke, not broken, not sprained. Last week on the show, we hit my big toe with a mallet. <laughs> That's right, like a whack a mole mallet. We had a we had a, uh, a GoFundMe of uh, who was going to hit uh, Polk's foot with the hammer and i'm uh one weekend i'm able to play dance dance revolution and he's starting a shooting guard tonight for you and out <laughs> which is why we're in Sless's <laughs> office to sign the paperwork wearing a sweatshirt <laughs> um, he's grilling them in here they're going over film <laughs> grilling their ass uh dude I don't, I'm just still not worried about the Pelicans. I think that is uh, an extreme reaction. I don't think really anybody's worried about the Pelicans. I think everyone's bummed out that this happened. Yeah. And that's a fair reaction to it. And I think everyone's sort of waiting and seeing, because they've responded so well to so much stuff this year, the concept that one injury is going to derail them doesn't feel as inevitable as mm-hmm. it has in the past. But it's some level... You can't win without Ingram and Zion. Right. You're just leaning on C.J. McCollum and a bunch of dudes. Like, and Herb Jones still isn't back, is he? Did he play? Herb Jones right? is back. Okay, he is. He back. scored his one thousandth point. What an accomplishment! It's more than I've got. <laughs> it's definitely what I've got too. Uh, yeah, it's good. I mean, they've got some dudes. It's not as if they're bad, but if you don't have any all stars, it's very hard. And that's why we've got to vote. Jose Alvarado into the All-Star, <laughs> the All-Star game. game. I know they have that ad, and it's like, Ingram. I was like, who's voting Ingram to the All-Star game? Everyone in New Orleans. <laughs> like, yes. So, anyway, it's it seems uh, weird to be bleak about a team that is uh, among the best in the Western Conference, maybe the best in the Western Conference. Um, but it is just a weird time with the Zion injury. Hopefully it does not last as long as his other injuries have. It feels like everything else between him and the organization is really good right now. Uh, it's very hard to find a complaint about this team. It just that's what that is the bummer of this happening yeah. is that the fact that everything else was kind of perfect. Yeah, even they weren't winning every game. You know, they got blown out by Memphis. They, you know, it's not as if they're some perfect team. But there's definitely been nothing to complain about. Yeah, they've been a lot of fun. They've been very good. They've won the games they should have won. Yeah. Uh, you know, not a lot to complain about. I mean, people are still complaining. I thought it was funny they they showed uh, the Philadelphia game where Zion got injured. People were tweeting the clip of Joel Embiid saying that he didn't want to play in New Orleans because New Orleans, when he looked around, there were no fans in the stand and yeah. nobody gave a shit. And people were like, "How dare you!" <laughs> I was like, "Were you there? Were you there? Were I didn't you? want to." Yeah, it's like nobody was there. Yeah, when this was happening, I was there. Sometimes you were there. Yeah. It, he was right. That was that's. Every- it's just funny to see people do that online and be like, "How dare he say this thing that was true then, but isn't true now?" I know. It's like you know what happened is people, the team started to win, people got excited, and now the atmosphere is yeah. good. And guess what? If they start to suck and everything or cushions in the <laughs> arena three seasons ago, it wouldn't have mattered. No, no. I think that's a- going to make Eric Gordon. <laughs> 
fantastic. <laughs> I think Ryan Anderson's suddenly going to go down in history. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the... Uh, and that's true of literally everywhere. There are yeah. some places where people will show up because it's what they do and they show up and they can deal with the losing streak. Listen, if Alabama football goes three and nine for four straight years, by the fifth year, ain't nobody going. You know? <laughs> Tulane, True. no one went for 50 freaking years, and then they won six games, and all of a sudden everybody showed up and they sold out a bunch of games. It is not that complex. Everybody tries to make it cultural or a statement on who these people are. It's, it's just when you win, people show up. When you lose, people don't. Yep. Guess how many people are going to be in the Superdome on Sunday? Freaking no one because <laughs> the Saints are bad, and so <laughs> no one's going to go. And uh, are you going to try to go Sunday? No, I'm okay. going to try to not go. <laughs> try to not watch. <laughs> hey, uh, I don't. I I'm impressed with the Saints. Like, uh, I find myself like, I you know, like a, like an old dad watching his kid come in last place in the race, be like, wait, way to finish, way to go, <laughs> like you know. Don't don't worry about the results. We're here for pride. It's a big morale booster for these guys, you know. Sure. Specifically, Dennis Allen. <laughs> yeah, I, you think he kept his job? Yeah. Isn't that sad? I think he would have kept his job regardless of yeah. the three-game win streak. You think that no matter what, they weren't going to fire him? I don't think so. New Orleans is too stuck in their way. Yeah. I you thought know. if they gave away like a top three or four pick, that they would have, they'd be so embarrassed they'd have to fire him. I, I think he would be there next season no matter what. I think he's definitely locked in next season now. <sighs> it's just weird because you can't go, well, he didn't. You know, Jameis has been healthy for six months now. I don't know. More than that? I mean, not much, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's like the Jameis thing is so weird and feels like it was bungled and such a, a an was made irrelevant. And mm-hmm. then they got all these injuries. So it was sort of like nothing feels quite real and you don't quite know where the turning point of the season really was. I mean, obviously, if Mark Ingram just, you know, sticks the ball out uh, and they get the first down, this team's going to the playoffs. Right. And that feels wrong. Also, this feels more right. Than them going to the playoffs. I guess it is satisfying on a level to win a few games. Uh, it's you don't want to see that team go to the playoffs and get destroyed there, or maybe you do. I, I mean, it's like the NFL is the NFL. Like anything can happen. I mean, what would be the repercussions for the Saints going to the playoffs and losing? Dennis Allen is coming back either way. Nothing. We'd have to spend some money on tickets. I think that's about it. That would be about the worst thing. I'd have to buy a couple more $10 beers <laughs> and I'd have to scream at in the direction of my father about things going badly and how much I hate tennis. Allen. And he's sitting in the middle of the aisle yeah. doing the rowboat, <laughs> high-fiving everybody. <laughs> no, man, I'm good. <laughs> I, uh, I, I was very impressed with the way the Saints performed in Philadelphia. I mean, uh, obviously, on the defensive end in particular, uh, I don't know if Gardner Minshew sucks. Did you get to watch it? Do you yeah. remember watching it? it was I had it on. Game. I yeah. had it on. I was watching it. Uh, yeah, Gardner sucks. People just like him because he's a folksy doofus. Sure. He's like a you know Chris Pratt on Parks and Rec. <laughs> he stinks. A folksy doofus. <laughs> <laughs> now I think they put up like thirty something points on the Cowboys the week before. Yeah, so they did. Maybe it's. 
I don't know, man. They they performed well. They played. They've done enough to win these the game in Cleveland and the game here or the game in Philadelphia. And it's like there's something to be said for going out and not giving. Probably will be enough to keep him, which pisses me off. Yeah, it was good to see Marshawn Lattimore back. Yes. Uh, particularly getting a pick six. It was the first inner. It was the first pick six of the season. Undefinitely. It was the first defensive touchdown of the season for the Saints. Oh, is that right? Yeah. It felt like. I mean, <clears throat> they had to be the last in the NFL interceptions. They never intercepted. Them. No. Yeah, and they. Uh, I don't even know if Tyron Matthew played. I think he was out there. I don't know what he did. He's usually the guy who, whenever they gain 15 yards, he's the one who gets the tackle. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what Tyron Matthew <laughs> did during uh, this season. Um, yeah, they're... We're going to be hard watching. to say I was happy about it because I didn't really care. Yeah. But it's better than them losing. Cause especially because you didn't have the draft pick. If they had the draft pick and they were winning these last couple games, I'd be pissed. Yeah. But instead, it's like there's really no reason. And... I'll probably bet on them on Sunday because I think they care more about this than Carolina will, and I have to go to the game, so why not? Uh, but what a the last week of the NFL season just sucks sometimes. It's ultimately a fruitless season. There needs to be some balance between the pointlessness of preseason and the pointlessness of the last week. They should make some level of like a... There should be some incentive in the last week. Of this Implement season. the XFL rules <laughs> for that week. No fair catches. I mean, use the last week as uh, training camp, as as your... I think there's going to be anybody at the game. It's going to be a real gong show out there. <laughs> I mean, what do you think, five bucks to get into the Super I mean, hopefully it rains so people have an incentive to go inside somewhere. <laughs> well, the problem is if it rains and you park at the Superdome, you'll come back to your car being flooded in because your windows have been broken. That is very true. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, the, there's, there's a, a give and take there. The Cushmobiles made it out alive. Everything so far so good. Excellent. I have not had a bashed window. Everybody else, it seems, has had that problem going to the dome. Lately. I just uh, leave a note on my window that says, if you break this window, you're gay. <laughs> That's my security Is system. that working? Yeah, uh, people are breaking it more, <laughs> I think. But, you know. Around here, everything local. Uh, we will, of course, uh, have a whole lot more show for you. So stick around. We'll be right back. Polk and Kush is brought to you by Crescent Canna, a New Orleans-based cannabis company. From their potent and effective CBD topicals to their best-selling line of legal THC gummies, all Crescent Canna products are federally legal, lab-tested, and registered with the Louisiana Department of Health. Crescent Canna makes legal THC gummies with real Delta 9 THC, the same THC responsible for marijuana's psychoactive effects. Because their THC gummies use hemp-derived cannabinoids and abide by federal THC limits, they are completely legal for adult use. Trust us, these gummies are the real deal. Their Cannamoon THC gummies pack a potent punch. It is very potent. You're going to take one of these things and you're going to do things that you've never dreamed of. You're going to go read all the books you've never read. You're finally going to read... David Foster Wallace. You're finally going to watch the third Godfather movie. You're finally going to understand Avatar. You're finally going to go to Popeye's, and when they mess up your order, you're not going to care because this stuff is powerful. It gets you high. 
That's the bottom line. We live in 2023. People aren't drinking anymore. That's the old days. Nobody wants to do that. Pop a gummy, relax, lock the kids in the basement, and go have a good time. Crescent Canna Legal THC Canna Moon Gummies. If you are interested in giving Legal THC Gummies a try, order some for free. You can get a free sample online at crescentcanna.com slash free. You heard that right. The sample is completely free. You just pay for shipping. It's a pretty good deal. If you love them, get 30% off your full order at crescentcanna.com with code KUSH, K-U-S-H, and have legal cannabis products delivered directly to your door. You must be 21 or older to purchase and consume THC products. Age verification at checkout. That's a sponsor. It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and tiny little crawdads. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> this is the Nola breakdown. Uh, this used to be a free country. <laughs> That's what Alan Jackson tells me. (laughs) This used to be America. This used to be a land where you could go to a pornographic website Mm. in complete anonymity. Yeah. And do what you do at a porno site. Yeah. Which is what kids call them. They call them (laughs) porno sites. That's what the Beastie Boys said, right? (laughs) Uh, Louisiana has become the first state in America to require uh, legal documentation verifying the age of users at Pornhub. Is you're familiar? It's never heard of it. It's the Google of (laughs) uh, of porno. Pornhub, you say? I feel like I shouldn't be yelling porno (laughs) in Coach (laughs) Les's office. Uh, Starting last Sunday, commercial porn sites in Louisiana have to verify their users are 18 or older or they risk being sued, I guess sued by the state. How do you verify that? With the, uh, remember coronavirus? Oh yeah, the LA wallet app? (laughs) This is like the Chris Farley show. Do you remember the Are you going to virtually scan people's eyes to get onto Pornhub? Is that what you're going to do? Verification can be done using government-issued IDs or public or private records from a mortgage, education, or employment document, according to the bill. That sounds good. You're going to sign up for Pornhub (laughs) and send them your mortgage? No, I think it'd be much better to send them your work email. <laughs> you think like your wife gets mad at you just catching you on a porno site now. Imagine if she catches you on a porno site and you've uploaded your mortgage. <laughs> Nobody knows who runs these websites. Yeah, no, I think them having access to your financial institution seems like a really good idea. It seems There's no like... Russian bots hanging around in there, right? Since I I was on the internet in like 1997, 98, <laughs> and since then there has been a, a very secure system of type in your birthday. <laughs> and I used to do, I'd go to like Budweiser.com yeah. so I could look at the frogs. <laughs> and you put January 1st, 1900, yeah, as sure. we all do, yeah. and then you'd see whatever you see. I remember those things used to always also just say, like, uh, are you 18? 
And it was like, yes. And then yeah. no, it said you like yahooligans.com. It was funny to <laughs> click Disney. no <laughs> and then go to like the crossword puzzle or whatever. <laughs> gotcha. That you have to breach. Um, this is what people think, Louisiana. Um, how did the child porn access bill in Louisiana come about? Blah, blah, blah. She, she was introduced to the bill after hearing a discussion singer-songwriter Billie Eilish had with Howard Stern in which Billie Eilish uh, said she started watching porn at 11 years old. So we can blame both Billie Eilish <laughs> and Howard Stern yeah. for bringing big government into whacking off yeah that is uh of all the culprits that you were going to name billy eilish would have been very low on the list yeah i wouldn't and the host of america's got talent yeah. or whatever <laughs> exactly. the guy who used to make people fart into microphones yeah. is now the forefront of morality in america yeah it's really something how does this affect your day-to-day i would say uh, none at all yeah none, not at all D- doesn't I mean, they're not going to ask for my ID, right? They're going to ask for everybody's <laughs> ID. Uh, no, I don't think so. They're maybe we can. <laughs> you don't have to show your driver's license, Mister Pinky, no. do you? The truck stop by the casino. I've seen the ads by the airport. I think what we can do to better the community is make a Polk and Kush Pornhub account. <laughs> And just sh- <laughs> the password will be one two three password. And we're gonna get a one dollar mortgage on some property in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who's verifying this? They have Jenna Jameson up there, like with the. <laughs> She's in the Matrix, making sure that we're all of a. This is absurd I'm and in ridiculous. The compliance department at Pornhub.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm HR at Pornhub. Hard and ready. <laughs> And that is so ludicrous. And so is that like on the table? I haven't been voted on yet. It has been for Louisiana. Uh, really? Other so it passed? S- yeah. Other states, it looked like Utah was next in line. Yeah. it's. Uh, I know Utah, they always said, had the most uh, viewership of all those things. Oh, of course. Because it was, you know, the most repressed community. And you look at the maps, and it's always like whatever would be taboo. Like yeah. southern states, it's always a lot of like uh, interracial mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, Utah, it's uh, you know more than one position, <laughs> unsoaked. Yeah, yes. not through a sheet. <laughs> but the government is not done trying to control your kids. Uh huh. I guess. <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> you can no longer get a Coca Cola with a kids meal in New Orleans. Oh, I believe that for zero point zero seconds. A new year has brought a change to children's fast food menus in New Orleans as they now must come with a healthy drink under the city council ordinance. The Healthy Kids Mill Beverage Ordinance passed last January when it went into effect on Sunday and limits children's meals to milk, water, as drink options. When I tell you there is a 0% chance of this being enforced, you there are shooting people on the goddamn interstate, okay? They're not there to enforce. They're not no one. No one in their right mind is going to be working at Cane's and they say, I'd like a kid's meal with a Coke, and the person's going to go, no. No one's going to do that. <laughs> no one is stupid enough to do that. They'll get shot in the head behind the thing. You can't disrespect anybody like that. No. You can't say that. You can't say the word no to anybody in this city. They kill you on sight. <laughs> 
you're going to tell some mom who's been getting her ass kicked all day, and then she's got her 10-year-old with her, and he's like, I want a Sprite. Like, no, that's against the law. No, you have to have a milk with your fried you're gonna, chicken. <laughs> you're going to have to go carjack somebody that has a Sprite <laughs> in their car and go get it yeah. that way, because then you'll definitely not have a problem. Well, it's funny because the kids are... This is this this it's the same argument as pornography. The kids are going to get the Coke or the Sprite or the Dr Pepper one way or the other. Yeah. This is making parents' lives worse. Yes. Your kids are screaming, they hate you, you hate them. <laughs> You've been working at the cinder block factory all day. Your car's about to be stolen. You've waited two and a half hours at Dairy Queen and you're finally at the front and you're like, "Give me a Dr Pepper." And they're like, "No, you have to have milk." <laughs> You have to have milk with your steak finger basket. <laughs> People are going to lose their minds. They're, it's going to be very ugly. I mean... There's going to be a very small handful of people who might try to enforce this for the first week. I mean, you got to be out of your goddamn mind. The levels of problems that this city has for anyone to spend more than 30 seconds on this is so un- comically unbelievable. Like... Somebody sat in a room and drew, the fact that anybody even put the words on paper and had someone vote on it is such a monumental waste of time. Just even from a public health perspective, it's like, how about everybody is 5,000 pounds and riddled with bullets? How's that? <laughs> let's, let's do something about that first than worrying about kids drinking Coca-Cola. This is, this, this, is the, this is Latoya's crime plan. If people are skinnier, they won't be as large of targets to be hit with bullets. Uh, <laughs> this is how we get our child murder rate down. Wing, whoever Wing is, said that uh, this is not really a penalty ordinance. This is about encouraging people. Uh, she uses the word nudging. Oh, Nudge yeah. our families towards a healthier option. See, that's the thing. You're acting like these people, you're, you're not denying that they're ignorant, yeah. that it's unhealthy. You're just saying, I know what's better for your family than you do. Yeah. And the, per- the truth is... If you're going to do that, go all the way. Just take their kids away. <laughs> exactly. It's like, if we can't trust these people to not feed their kids Coca-Cola when you don't think they should have it, then what are we doing here? And don't get me wrong. I don't think kids should be drinking Coca-Cola. I also don't think they should be eating McDonald's. Yeah. I grew up eating McDonald's and drinking Coca-Cola. My kids had McDonald's tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Because I had to go to the UNO basketball game, and some things are bigger than parenting. <laughs> but in, in nowhere in the Cush mind was it. This is a healthy, nutritious no. meal. No. This what you're going. This is going to shut those little monsters up. It's like they might eat this. Yeah, they might eat this, and they might not hate me. <clears throat> it's hard to get kids to eat stuff too. Yeah, you might trick them. You know, my nieces eat like spaghetti with no sauce that's like congealed into a ball <laughs> they cut it like a meatball that's looks, all they will it eat looks like a rubber band ball yeah. <laughs> yeah that's all they'll eat so maybe you can be like well you you'll get a coke if you eat your grilled your chili cheese coney dog there's no there's no rikes and a heart attack dog i'm gonna say the, the how about we stop them from getting <clears throat> shot in the head sitting on their front porch let's start there if we can start with uh, getting 
to where when they're driving on the interstate with their parents that a bullet isn't going to come screaming through the window. That seems like a good start. Or when they go to their car seat that it's not 10 minutes earlier. Let's start with those steps first, and then we can start worrying about whether or not they're slightly overweight because of soft drinks. Well, LaToya is on it. Uh, There was a press conference yesterday. Someone was murdered literally five minutes after the press conference ended. Mm. During it, somebody asked her, hey, what's the deal with all of the crime? It was Jerry Seinfeld asking her. (laughs) And she went on a crazy rant where she uh, said that it was affecting our pets even. Ooh. She she was using like a lot of weird like ju- juxtaposition. She was saying like and here with two, it's also affecting our it was very odd. She's out of her mind. You, it was I think she's lo- just <laughs> lost tether of reality. There is a competitive there is a uh, sport where people present PowerPoints that they've never seen before. Mm-hmm. This is a real sport. It's like competitive PowerPointing. And they <laughs> will get up there and hit play yeah. and then give a Don Draper style presentation like they've known it forever and they wow. have no idea what's on the next slide. <laughs> this is what Latoya needs to be doing. Yes. She should take a class in that. I think she would be very bad at it. <laughs> but it is something she could do. Let's find something she's not very bad at. Yeah. I guess she's pretty good at dancing. She's got dancing. That's now. true. That was a good dance. Russell Wilson almost came here. He almost ruined the planes before, <laughs> before he ruined the Broncos. Uh, dude, that is uh, just an unbelievable state of affairs, uh, some of the things that we are worried about. Because we there are so many things that they know are so poor control bad that they're starting to just pick at the margins, things like porn and things like soft drinks. And it's like, guys, these are not even close to the problems yeah. that actual people are facing. Right Let's now. put the clamps on the two th- only joys in my life. Just <laughs> <laughs> an 80-inch flat screen of, of anonymous Pornhub and a giant two-liter Dr. Pepper. That's, that's what gets me through the week. Oh, man. Uh, this has been a wonderful episode. Thank you so very much to Coach Mark Schlesinger and the UNO Privateers. We're going to go out and root for them right now as they take on Lamar. Uh, I ate about 4,000 calories already. Thanks to everyone here at UNO uh, for the space. And uh, please come on out Saturday night uh, against Houston Christian right here. I believe the game is at 4 o'clock. Thank you to Andrew Polk. Please like, rate, subscribe, especially on Spotify. We could really use some more ratings on there. Thank you to everyone who I saw who said they listened uh, to the show at Tulane. It means a lot when you see us to tell us. Uh, Please tell all your friends and support us in the new year. Thank you to Crescent Canna, and good night. See ya!